And that's the new CD from the band Enigma. Uh, that's from the brand new CD called Moon. I'm Scott Colborn, and you're listening to Exploring Unexplained Phenomena. Uh, Jim Shorty's here. Jim, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. Trying to stay cool. We've got Lynn out here answering phones here. And Lynn, you can come in here and say anything you want to anytime. Tell me, you can actually tell me to go home too when it's 12. <laughs> yeah, it might not work, but you can tell them that. Uh, this is the special KZUM. It's Give to Lincoln KZUM Radio Fundraiser. We're involved in that this morning. And our goal is $1,500 in pledges and donations from you fine folks. The reason is, is because you've been listening for weeks, months, and years. A lot of you, gosh, for almost 33 years now. We're the longest paranormal radio show in terms of broadcast history in the world. There have been other shows that have done things like uh, been on for a, a, a stretch and then quit and, and changed formats. We've been doing this for over 33 years. And so a lot of you folks listen every week. Back when there was nothing on TV, uh, we were doing shows weekly. And we still do those. Today, for example, we've got Preston Dennett talking about UFOs and ETs. And we've got Craig Woolheater, Bigfoot and cryptids, unknown animals. Should be a great conversation with both those guys. Our goal for listener donations is $1,500. And you know that you listen and that you get something of value each week from these guests that we have from all over the world. So three times a year, we come to you and ask for your donations because, heck, we need them. Uh, we don't exist because of um, state tax money. Over 60% of the budget comes from listener donations. And uh, we have, just like you, operating expenses every month. We've got utility costs. We have rent we have royalty acquisition fees, staff. A couple of years ago, the Corporation for Public Broadcasting gave us this mandate saying, you've got to raise money to get money from us. You've got to prove that you're viable. So we did the unheard of thing. We raised in excess of $300,000. And it shocked everybody because we'd never done that before in our, our station history. Just about 40 years now for the station. So that's the track that we're on. It's the new, improved, the all-better KZUM radio. The Give to Lincoln KZUM radio fundraiser. And you can start us off right now with donations at 402-474-5086. Select one for the air studio. 402-474-5086. Select one for the air studio. Jim, what do we have for... The two special premiums. Oh, we got some great stuff here today. For the first donation of $60 or more, you get a $10 gift certificate to Indigo Bridge Books, which is downtown in the Haymarket. And for the first donation of $150 or more, a pair of passes to this year's Zoo Fest on July 6th and 7th. In downtown Lincoln. They're going to have a lot of great music from Los Lobos, Nikki Hill, Tommy Castro, The Painkillers, Dale Watson, and more. So that's that's a great one. That uh, 
boy, where are you going to get that amount of great entertainment for that little money? That's just awesome. 402-474-5086. Select one for the Air Studio. We'd love to hear from you right now. And uh, we've got a goal of $1,500, and that's about $750 per hour. So get Mm -hmm. us rolling with a donation. And we greatly appreciate that. Now is the time, because the guy that's out in the driveway across the street washing his car, he's not going to call in. The family that's vacationing in the Black Hills this weekend, they won't call in. Of course, the people that don't listen, that don't use the station, they won't call in. It's up to you guys and gals. 402-474-5086. And we'd love to hear from you. Be sure and thank all these folks, Lynn and Colleen, and Jim, thank him very much for being down here and, and for doing their good work. Up next, raising the intelligence quotient at least several degrees, as she always does, is Charlene with the Capital Humane Society, and this is called Pet Talk. Hi, Charlene. Good morning. How are you, and how was Tales and Trails last weekend? Oh, it was so great. We had a break in the weather, so... Um, it did not rain during the event, and it was nice and cool. I think the dogs liked that. We uh, met our goal in fundraising, so it was really successful and a lot of fun. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Uh, so tell us a few things that happened there. Uh, we had um, different activities for people and their pets, and so we had the uh, dog versus human peanut butter licking contest. <laughs> so each, the dog and the person gets a little scoop of peanut butter and they go for a little licking. I think it was probably about 50-50 dogs winning and, and people winning. So depended on your, you know, how much you like the peanut butter. There was uh, bobbing for hot dogs for the dogs. Uh, lots of great vendors giving away prizes and um, ha- having their uh, promotional materials to talk about what's going on with them. So it was just really nice to walk around in the cool weather with your dog and support the Humane Society. Okay, dogs and cats for adoption. Let's start with cats for adoption. And we're looking at the capitalhumanesociety.org page. Cats for adoption. Who do you want to start with? We're going to start with kittens. kittens. So we have two adorable kittens featured there, oh and we boy. have several. Uh, we have short hairs, long hairs, fade females, neutered males, all as cute as these two. Look at um, that. Looking for forever homes. And we have great tips on our website about cat care. So it talks about proper use of toys and how to keep your cat safe. So those are all really good handouts to read before you acquire a new cat to make sure you can give it a safe and loving home. And then you can consider taking one of these cuties home. Look at that pair of kittens. They're just, they're right Uh up there at the top in the upper left corner of the page. And they almost look like twins, but there's differences in the markings. And it looks like one of them's saying, look at me. And the other's going, no, 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 look at me. No, no, look at me. (laughs) And they're always so cute when they're lounging in their little hammock together and grooming each other. And then they bat at each other in a playful way. They're just really entertaining. And and everybody knows that two cats are better than one. That's right. There you go. Okay, who's up next? Next up is Julie. And she is a one-year-old state female domestic short hair. She arrived at the humane. Oh yeah. Oh, no, he, yeah, arrived at the humane society as a lost pet. Has big 
engaging green eyes, very, very charming, and will be an adorable sidekick. It's like maybe a little bit of an Abyssinian mix in there. Maybe so. Easy yes, for you got, to say. Uh, yeah. He's got a little torty and tabby going on, yeah. I think. Yeah, that could be too. Beautiful kitty. Look at those eyes. Okay, we've got kittens for adoption. We've got Julie. And then... Next up is Loki. Oh, boy. And he is a very <laughs> big, beautiful cat, about a year old, all black, looks like a, a mini uh. panther. <laughs> uh, he, can, he can be a little bit shy, so he might hide for a bit, but once he trusts you, he's just going to purr and be a delightful companion. Oh, Loki, that's a great name for a black cat. <laughs> yeah, I like I, it. I think the, the Creedence Clearwater Revival, I think he spelled L-O-K-I. Uh, but, yeah, if you've got kind of a hankering towards getting a cat with that cool name, this is a beautiful cat. Yeah. Eyes are just kind of glowing looking at you. And uh, Loki would be a fun cat. So we've got kittens, Julie, Loki. Is there anybody else? Oh, there's lots of great kittens and cats for adoption. So we encourage people to come down and check out the, the animals available at our Pylock Pet Adoption Center. Um, a variety of uh, sizes. Uh, we've got orange tabbies, black and gray tabbies. So lots of beautiful cats needing great homes. Okay, dogs for adoption. Uh, we've got uh, that page open. And who do you want to start with? We'll start with Lucy. And she's got a big old grin on her face. Yeah, <laughs> she's yeah. a lab mix. I think maybe I see some border collie in there. Oh, yeah. Uh, she's so spayed female, about eight months old, mostly black with white, white feet and a white chest, um, little folded ears. You can tell she's very intelligent. She's very exuberant. Um, she needs a home without children under the age of 12. She's a little mouthy and likes to jump and things like that. So she needs someone who's going to be able to properly train her and give her lots of exercise. Um, but she's going to be a devoted and intelligent friend. She's saying, hey, you could put that hamburger right here in my mouth. <laughs> uh, Lucy, great-looking dog. Her picture's at capitalhumanesociety.org. She's followed by? Penny. And Penny is also a beauty. She is a year-old, fade female, German short-haired pointer lab mix. Uh, very charming, very active. Uh, she did require orthopedic surgery due to a, a previous injury, um, but she's healing fine. She does limp a little bit, but it doesn't slow her down. She's, again, very energetic, uh, wants very much to play and have a great new life with you. She looks like a real sweetie. Uh-huh. Great-looking dog, Penny, looking for a home just like yours. We've got Lucy, Penny, and then there's... Jack. Be and Jack has been <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Jack's been here a while, but we posted a new picture of him oh. looking very proud in his red harness. <laughs> so get to see a couple pictures of this handsome dog. He's a five year old, a neutered male lab, high energy dog, needs plenty of exercise, still needs some training. Um, he does need a home without cats or other dogs. Hmm. Uh, but he will be a really fun companion, and we know there's the right person out there. Well, and generally speaking, you want to keep pets away from candlesticks. <laughs> Lucy, Penny, and Jack, three great dogs for adoption. Um, Charlene, for these dogs and cats, you're open today and tomorrow. 
We are. Our Pylock Pet Adoption Center is open today and tomorrow from 11 to 5.30. And this is the Give to Lincoln KZUM Radio Fundraiser. Why should the good folks out there that have been listening to us for such a long time, why should they make a donation to KZUM? Well, we at Capital Humane Society really appreciate all that you do to support our work and promote these beautiful animals. I know that hearing about them on the radio has encouraged people to come down and look and adopt. Fantastic. So it makes all the difference. That's, if, if, that, if that happens, that's my goal. I'm so happy to hear that. You just made my day, Charlene. Thank you. Oh, well, you made mine. <laughs> well, have a great weekend and stay cool, okay? Thank you so much. You too. Okay, bye-bye. You know what? Uh, if you enjoy this opening, sec- people have said, Scott, on this program you do about the unexplained and the paranormal, why do you have dogs and cats for adoption? Why do you have pet talk? It's because I want to. Well, and because finding Bigfoot for adoption is rather hard to do. I, I think one of the ways that we judge a civilization is how we treat people that are incarcerated and how we treat animals. Mm-hmm. And so... Dogs and cats have been so much, meant so much to me in my life. I want you folks out there also to experience that same joy, that same uh, wonderful love. So I, I've had cats all my life, and I can't imagine what I would do without them. Yeah. So we do it because we can, we want to. Mm-hmm. Um, if you enjoy Pet Talk, make a donation now at 402-474-5086. Select one for the Air Studio. And you know what? Do it in memory of Dorothy Bush. Dorothy was a patron of the radio show for many, many years. Former school teacher, wonderful woman. She had zest and energy up, down, and sideways until the day that she passed. And Dorothy loved pet talk. And the rest of the program, she was a supporter of it. But she always said that she was making a donation because of our connection to helping people find dogs and cats for adoption. So if you want, make a donation in Dorothy Bush's memory to the Give to Lincoln KZUM radio fundraiser, 402-474-5086. Select one for the air studio. You know, weeks, months, years pass and listening to the program becomes a habit. There's a lot of folks out there that have actually stopped me and said, Scott, I was hearing you two weeks ago with that guest you had, and I had pulled up in the parking lot to go into a store, listening to the show on the radio, but I couldn't go in. I sat out there in my car with the windows cracked, and I listened to the balance of that interview because it was so captivating, so moving. So we offer information and a perspective that you won't get on conventional mainstream um, media. And we've done that now for 33 years. We call people all over the world, and we love to do it. We love to have conversation that gets beyond just, how are you, fine, how are you, fine. The, uh, The few stations in the commercial realm that do shows on the unexplained, They'll do maybe six to eight minutes of a guest, and then they go to about six or eight minutes of a commercial break. And sometimes you start counting, you get up to about eight commercials, and you think, gosh, where's the guest? 
So there's no commercials here. That's why a lot of you guys like KZUM in all its wonderful facets. No commercials. It's nonprofit. It's independent. But radio isn't free. We've got to have your donations to exist and to do things like pay for the uh, rent, the monthly costs, the budget, etc. You can really help us with your donation, 402-474-5086. 120 bucks a year is, Colleen, what's the math on that? 120 a year. Whoops. 120 a year. Um, so you want me to times that by 360? $10 a month. Yeah. Okay, so 10 times 12. Yeah. Yeah. Is about that, I think. Yeah. So if we do, if we do uh, 120 for a donation, we can set it up. Uh, there's wonderful things that we can do for you. We encourage you in all ways to make a donation. Um, Sixty dollars, seventy-five, eighty-nine dollars and thirty cents, or eighty-nine-three. That's the FM frequency. And uh, two hundred and fifty, five hundred. Jim, what do we have for the special premiums here for people? that might call in a, a, a donation here. Good stuff, good stuff. For a donation of $60 or more, we get a, you get a $10 gift certificate to Indigo Bridge Books, which is a neat little store down in the Haymarket. And for $150 or more, a pair of passes to this year's Zoo Fest, which is July 6th and 7th in downtown Lincoln, and lots of great music. The zoo, of course, is the Lincoln's internationally known blues bar. Uh, I have personally known musicians that could play um, stadiums, that yeah. could play venues holding thousands of people, and they tell their manager, I've heard about this little blues bar in Lincoln, Nebraska. I want to go there and play. I've heard just a tremendous experience. The fans are great. The vibe is incredible. And so people that you might see at a huge venue come through Lincoln to play at the Zoo Bar. And they've, they've been a fixture of Lincoln's music scene for so many years. Uh, when Larry Beamer was alive, Larry uh, was a big supporter of this program. And uh, he and I had many great conversations about the guests and the subject matter. Um, so I got a guitar strap. Um, from a local store that had a picture of an alien on the guitar strap. And Larry saw that and said, I gotta have one like that. So he went immediately and got a guitar strap that he could wear. He was a bass player and uh, really liked uh, music. So 402-474-5086, it all starts with you going to the phone and uh, thinking, you know, I've been listening for a while I really like the guests, the subject matter. I can't get this stuff anyplace else. I'm gonna call a donation in, and uh, it'll take about 90 seconds, and then I can get on with my weekend. So your call is sort of like that guy or the gal that's looking out at that big empty dance floor and suddenly gets up and says, hey, you wanna dance? And suddenly, it's okay, and that breaks the ice, and then other people, and pretty soon the whole dance floor is crowded. You know how it is? It's always that first person that kind of breaks through. We need to have you be that first person. We're looking for $750 this first hour. 
in donations, and you can be one of the many people that support this wonderful radio experience. 40 years now, KZUM Radio, and our program has been on the air since October 1984, 33 years now. We'd love to hear from you, 402-474-5086, and you can say hello to Lynn, who's down here. And Lynn, again, if you want coffee, we got great coffee over here. Oh, that's right. You told me you don't drink coffee. I still like you, though. Cool shirt. It gives me hallucinations of ETs. It gives, uh, Lynn says he doesn't drink coffee. It gives him hallucinations of ETs. Are you sure they're not real? He's got a great shirt on that has old trucks there. Hey, Colleen, mm -hmm. tell the listeners a little bit about you. 60 seconds of a thumbnail. Um, well, I'm an artist. Uh, I'm a writer. Um, of course, I'm Native American. I do all kinds of stuff. And lately, I've been a part-time gardener. Mm -hmm. um, I go to, I attend classes at the Hub Lincoln. And it's, the, you know, like this nonprofit foundation kind of thing. Um, but they recently started this garden in the back of their building. So I've just been helping, you know, plant and nurture and mm -hmm. make sure that they have uh, vegetables going. What what caused you to want to become involved with the program? Why did why did you listen to this program? Why are you down here today? Well, I started listening uh, probably back in two thousand and eight. After um, about ten years ago. Yeah, about ten years mm -hmm. ago, my mom was like, "I wonder if that one guy is still doing this paranormal that radio weird show." Program. That yeah, because <laughs> yeah, because she because she and my um, grandfather used to listen to this program. God bless you. And I was like, okay, so I'll check it out. And, like, the very first show I heard was, like, you and this um, one researcher talking about this uh, UFO crash that had happened in California around mm -hmm. that time. I think it was that triangle one that had landed on the side of the mountain or something like that. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the first ones. And I was like, wait, so there's actually people who talk about this stuff on the radio. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Because before that, you know, before that, I was just reading books and stuff online and, you know, finding the occasional YouTube video when I did have access to a computer. This was before, you know, uh, the yeah. advent of smartphones. So. And without presupposing anything about Native people, uh, from my conversations with you and with other Native Americans, I find that instead of taking this subject and pushing this away and trying to put it in a box over there in the corner, you folks historically have embraced this and said it's part of what is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's kind of like... Um, Which I think is entirely natural. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is the way it is. Because like, I find that our common theme uh, with a lot of us is that it's acceptance. Mm -hmm. um, because, because, you know, it, it, you know, you're living your life and you experience unexplainable things and that kind of thing and you just have to accept well either this is real or we're all crazy which is then again you know accepted anyway because you know this is just but a brief reality mm -hmm. that we experience it's always been my hope Colleen that the program its guests the subject matter uh, is like that pair of perfect glasses for somebody that needs glasses that suddenly you put on these pair of dialed-in glasses and suddenly you can see clearly. And that's what I've always hoped the program does for folks, is that it gives people 
a sense that consensus reality is far bigger and far greater than what we've all previously agreed. And oftentimes, as you say, it could be a personal experience that causes that, that catharsis. One, Jim, one, one thing that I get from yeah. our association with Colleen is I, I kind of get the impression that if we just flip this show on its head, everything that we consider unexplained phenomena for people, her people, is like, that's normal. What's the big deal? Yeah, that's a good point. Jim, before we go to our break, and then Preston Dennett's sure. hanging on here, I want to hear about you, too. How long uh, have you been listening? They're a band from Ireland. Oh, me? Okay. Uh, yeah. How long okay. have you been? Uh, bad comedian. Uh, it's, uh, I first started listening to the program in uh, early 80s when a friend of mine and co-worker named Russ, who is still a listener, even mm-hmm. though he lives down in Kansas. Hi, Russ. Uh, he turned me on to these two guys that talk about UFOs and Bigfoot and all sorts of neat stuff on the mm-hmm. radio Saturday morning, and that was you and Dale Bacon. Mm-hmm. And uh, years later, here I am. And we appreciate that very much. Jim, um, I'm going to ask Colleen the same question here. Jim, of all the stuff that we try to cover, do you have a favorite subject? I already know what you're going to say, but tell the, <laughs> tell the listeners. <laughs> Oh gosh, it's it's hard to choose, really. Um, gosh, I don't know. Ghosts and spirits. Uh, ghosts and spirits. Yeah, that's that's a big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, just mysticism in general, I think. Mm-hmm. Anything mystical. Colleen, what's your favorite subject or subjects? I'd have to say it would be like any of the historical aspects to everything that happens Mm -hmm. because I think um, you know for a lot of people they're not aware of what's what has happened what has occurred in the history of you know as as they say humankind oh that's a good point because you know like you're only taught one thing in history class and that always that always annoys the heck out of me because I'm sitting here like wow you guys are missing like all these big pieces and big portions of even U.S. history. That's not even, what, 300 years proper? Mm -hmm. In 86, when I went through the uh, uh, Little Bighorn, the Custer Monument, we had, Colleen, the good fortune of having a park ranger Mm -hmm. who was Native American. And she kind of made a joke. She said, you've all grown up with history about what happened here. Now I'm going to tell you what actually happened from the Native American perspective. Mm-hmm. And so we learned a lot about that that whole battle. Um, Custer wasn't as nice a guy as I'd grown up mm-hmm. with thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, guys and gals, uh, another question for you out there is the same question I just asked Jim and Colleen. Uh, what's one of your favorite subjects? Why Why have you listened? Some of you have found the program by chance. You've been introduced as Jim was by a friend, but you became a listener. What are some of your favorite themes or programs that you enjoy? Think about that, and during this break, give us a call with your donation. We're at 402-474-5086. Select one for the Air Studio. Our goal is 1500 and that's, uh, in a two-hour program, $750 per hour. And we can do that with your generosity and your support. 402 472-5086 
select one for the Air Studio. If you select anything else, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> but select one. 402-474-5086. We're going to be right back with more Exploring Unexplained Phenomena. And our first guest, Preston Dennett, UFOs and ETs. That number again, my late mother, Gentry Colburn, she said, Scott, you don't give the phone number out enough. So in memory of Gentry Colborn, it's 402-474-5086. Select one for the air studio. Colleen and Jim and Scott, Lynn, and you guys and gals, we are exploring unexplained phenomena. Voice of the Blues in Lincoln, Nebraska, KZUM Lincoln and KZUM HD. Support for KZUM comes from Eagle Printing and Sign at 14th and N in downtown Lincoln. In business for over 20 years, Eagle offers a variety of printing services for first-time customers to long-time professionals, plus creative and design services. More at 402-476-8156 and eagleprintingandsign.com. KZUM uses your contributions to pay for the programming that you and so many others depend on. The station is staffed by three paid employees and over 90 volunteers who work hard to keep bringing you engaging, entertaining, and aha programs each week. The kind of radio unique to Lincoln that wouldn't have a place on the dial if you chose not to support it. Sustain KZUM with your gift now by calling 402-474-5086 or donating now at kzum.org. We'll thank you with anything from a compilation featuring new music by Nebraska artists to the brand new KZUM t-shirt. Please do your part now. 402-474-5086 or kzum.org. This program is made possible in part by a grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. And the Nebraska Recycling Council, helping to protect the natural environment and extend the life of our landfill, reminding Lincoln and Lancaster County that corrugated cardboard will not be accepted at the landfill beginning April 1st. For more on recycling services and area drop-off sites, nrcne.org or 402-436-2384. And by... Jazz in June, presenting live jazz every Tuesday in June at 7 p.m. Held outdoors near 12th and R Streets on the UNL City campus, Jazz in June offers a family-friendly environment with VIP seating and artist meet and greets available. The Jazz in June market begins each week at 5 p.m. with area food vendors, crafts, and more. Information at jazzinjune.com. It costs about $40 per hour to keep KZUM running. Your donation right now will help cover the costs of bringing you the programming you tune in for every day. Three weeks every year, we hold these fun drives to raise the money necessary to pay the electric bill, the phone company, internet provider, and other essential services. The bottom line is, we wouldn't be able to keep the doors open and the transmitter humming without support from everyone listening right now. Don't leave it up to someone else to support the station you're listening to. 
We need to hear from everyone. Donate now at kzum.org or by calling 402-474-5086, extension 1. music from the brand new CD by Enigma called Moon. I'm liking that, Jim. I'm liking that a lot. Yeah, good stuff. Thanks for bringing your copy down here, letting us play that here. I guess I'm going to have to get another copy. I'm Scott Colborn with Jim and Colleen. Lynn's here answering phones. And be one of the many folks that support KZM Radio, 402-474-5086. Select one for the air studio. We'd love to hear from you. Preston Dennett now joins us, and Preston is from California. And uh, we were just talking, Preston, about oftentimes it's a personal experience that gets people interested in this subject matter. And that was what happened with you, wasn't it? Yeah, it sure was. Well, kind of. Actually, it was a news segment on the television of all things. I had heard a report of a sighting over Alaska, very famous sighting. Uh, Captain Tiroshi sighted a UFO chasing his airliner, a commercial jet plane. Uh, two UFOs, actually, which were larger than his plane itself, appeared on radar. The whole crew saw it. They watched it for almost an hour, tried to make an emergency turn to evade it. It still followed them. So, yeah, huge case. They just kind of joked about it on the news. None of those details were there. But, yeah, that's what got me into this. <laughs> Took a left turn right into the heart of the Twilight Zone. And it impressed you or grabbed you because? Um, you know, I'm still trying to figure it out. I Because I had heard UFOs before. You know, I'd seen In Search Of. And uh, it would appear on television every now and then. I just kind of didn't believe it but for some reason this sighting sort of tipped the scales i'm not exactly sure why um you know a few years earlier my mom had passed away um, in october of 1984 and uh, that's when i really started to look the world differently and uh, started to really question things so i think i was a little bit more open-minded and uh, you know searching and uh, that's that's what came across, you know, my path, and I'm so glad it did. Changed my life in so many ways, and uh, boy, I just never have it any other way. And as you started to get into the subject matter of UFOs and ETs, you found uh, other credible 
uh, sources. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but I would guess that when you heard about this uh, airline pilot and crew that saw this UFO, there was probably something about that sighting that really got to you intellectually because these are highly trained people, highly skilled folks. Uh, to boy, to, to fly a, a, a plane, you've really got to have your wits about you. You're, you're pretty sharp. You're, you're the best of the guys and gals out there. You got the right stuff. And this was somebody or a group of people reporting this encounter. Do you think that was part of what grabbed you? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I had a misconception that people who saw UFOs were uneducated, you know, lived out in the country, mm-hmm. were alone. Um, I had a bunch of misconceptions. Mm-hmm. And that just kind of poked through them pretty darn quick. And, uh, you know, I, I just couldn't believe it. I really was astonished and amazed. And I had no idea that this subject was being taken seriously by anybody. I remember going to the library, and I'm going to be like, I'm going to disprove this. <laughs> this can't be real. And was shocked to find there's a number of books on this subject. Now, at that time, it wasn't nearly as popular. Mm-hmm. Um, there was only a few, uh, there was no real television shows on it. There was your radio show. I do remember finally tracking that down. Uh, it was one of the few shows that covered this subject. Uh, but, yeah, there wasn't really a whole lot of information out there on the subject. So it was kind of a battle for me to figure out what's going on here. I joined UFO groups, like, which, you know, MUFON LA at that time had, gosh, seven members, eight. It met in the back of a bank building. Wow. It was n- not nearly as popular as it is today. Wow. Which, you know, has hundreds of members and standing room only sometimes. So I was like, wow, you know, this is, if this is real, this is not getting the attention it deserves. Mm-hmm. And it hit me so hard when I found out that my family, um, and when I say my family, my brother, my sister-in-law, my other sister-in-law, uh, my nephew, my other nephew, and a lot of people within my family uh, were having or will have had experiences uh, later on. So it hit home for me. And uh, I just couldn't let it go. I could not. Hey, you, you could not be intellectually dishonest with yourself because you saw something, you began to investigate it, think about it, and you realized that, uh, that there was really something there. So intellectually, you couldn't walk away and say, oh, I'm just going to forget about this. You couldn't, could you? No, I absolutely couldn't, you know. Um, I was a huge fan of science fiction at the time, and I thought that UFOs were science fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they weren't, and uh, they were real. And the more I looked into it, the more evidence began to pile up. And uh, it's funny, you know, I talked to my dad, for instance, very skeptical, could not get him to look at any evidence to the day he died. Did not want to look into this. It scared him somehow. I'm not exactly sure mm-hmm. what you know frightened him so much. But what I've discovered is that this is a subject that really, you know, has a, I don't know, it, it affects people in a really profound way. Mm-hmm. And if you're not ready to look at that evidence, if you're not ready to deal with this, uh, a lot of people just, they can't. They're going to look the other way. They don't want to hear about it. It's too uncomfortable for them. And I get it, you know, because mm-hmm. it, 
wiped away my entire belief system. Everything I thought I knew was out the window. So it's difficult for, for some people. I think that's one of the reasons why this subject is so important, because it is real. The evidence is overwhelming and has the capacity, the potential to really change our planet in so many different ways. Uh, so many positive ways. Uh, we are still wedded to fossil fuels. And what if there was an energy source that didn't require that? Exactly, which there is. And we know about it, and that's part of the whole movement right now with the you know, disclosure movement and uh, trying to get this suppressed technology out into public use. Because mm-hmm. we do have it. And there's no need to have all this pollution, uh, all this bottle air, all these fossil fuels, the energy crisis, the environmental crisis, the economic crisis, all of this can be solved pretty easily through just a process of love and truth and openness. I went through a period of my life uh, as a, uh, brought up as a Christian, then sort of went through this agnosticism period, and oddly enough, it was my interest in UFOs and ETs that brought me back into thinking about theology, about Christianity. And uh, I was really pleased to find out that um, Reverend Dr. Barry Downing had written in 1968 a book called The Bible and Flying Saucers. What? A Presbyterian minister? Hey, wait a minute, that's my, that's my faith. This, in 1968, this guy wrote about it was okay to think about this? And, of course, in later days now, we've had none other than the Catholic Church that's come out and said to be interested in UFOs and ETs doesn't conflict with Catholic theology. And uh, then we had the uh, Catholic uh, uh, astronomer who said uh, in the Vatican newspaper, the alien is my brother. And he sure wasn't talking about somebody across a, a national border. He was talking about right. the, the other people, and now I'm pointing up there. The alien is yeah. my brother. So there's, there's all sorts of questions that people can, can entertain when they start getting into this. It may be nuts and bolts that you're interested in the hardware, it may be a lot of the things that go along with an experience with being close to an ET or seeing a ship. It may be questions about theology. You know, if, if God is the creator that made all things, God also made them. That means that in this huge family, we are brothers and sisters. Wow, what a concept, exactly. huh? Yeah. That guy that drives in traffic and flips me off, cuts me off, he's my brother. <laughs> Sometimes I have to work at that. But this is a huge, <laughs> huge issue, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, it changes the way you feel, I think, mm-hmm. about your place on this planet mm-hmm. and our relationship with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, when I found out that there were people in outer space, and a lot of them, yeah, I mean, I realized that, boy, you know, we are all one. We are together. The human form, the humanoid form, is universal. Aliens may seem very different, but it appears that they hold a lot of the same values we do. 
and uh, seem to be very interested in some of the most human things about us. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, finding out that there is life out there mm-hmm. completely changes, I think, the way we feel about each other and brings us all together. So it's a huge, huge subject, and I think it's one of the reasons why we're it's coming out into the open now, because we're at such a critical time in our history that it's time for us to come together. It's time for us to, you know, awaken to the love that's within us and uh, get along. I think this whole UFO movement is a crucial piece of this sort of puzzle. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm really delighted to see how things are turning out right now and that all this truth is coming out. When, when Ray Boucher, my original co-host and I, when we started this program in October of 1984, uh, nobody else was doing stuff like this. And we thought this would be kind of a, a fun thing to do. We never thought it would last 33 years. Uh, at that time, we were actively involved in trying to seek information uh, about a number of UFO cases, including the Bent Waters Woodbridge Rendlesham Forest landing in England in 1980. And uh, we appeared on several other radio shows. And very quickly, we saw what commercial radio viewed the subject as. Um, sort of the smiles, the roll of the eyes, um, the bland stuff, the kind of the the funny joke tied in. Of course, there was the, you know, Martians and green cheese and and uh, that stuff. So we've on the program with your help as a regular appearing guest, we've tried to take a different tack. We've tried to to talk to our listeners, <coughs> respecting their intelligence, their integrity and present people like yourself week after week to talk about this subject matter because it affects so many of us. And Preston, here's how it affects the people that are listening right now. We have a huge football stadium in Lincoln, Nebraska, and it sells out regularly. The seating capacity is now up to about 90,000. Wow. So if I took, if I took 6% of 90,000, that's 5,400. Okay, let's figure that as being a top, okay? 5,400. If I took 3%, that's 2,700. So, 3 to 6% of people have had a UFO close encounter. That means that when you go to a football game and look around you, between 2,700 and 5,400 people that you can see in the stands have had a UFO close encounter. That's according yeah, to the get- taken on board. And that, a lot of us think that may be, uh, even be low. So that's, that's perspective for you. When you talk about the Gallup Roper poll that surveyed people, it seems like a, you know, three to six percent, that's pretty small. But when you start actually applying that into real numbers, I mean, I've sat in that same stadium. And now in my mind, I'm looking around, I'm thinking, okay, I can see thousands of people around me. That means 2,700 to 5,400, just like I have seen, have had a UFO close encounter. Wow. Yeah, I mean, the chances are every one of us knows somebody who's been taken on board a UFO. Mm-hmm. One in 40, one in 50 people have had this experience. I mean, 
that's a lot. That is a whole lot. And we all know it, about 50 people, I would say, between our family, friends, and coworkers. Mm-hmm. And the, the problem is a lot of these people aren't talking about it because they're nervous for various reasons, being ridiculed or disbelieved or just uncomfortable talking about it. A much, much smaller portion is very vocal about this. But yeah, I mean, it's a, not an uncommon experience. And by all trends, it looks like it's becoming more and more common, certainly more and more open. People are becoming more willing to talk about the experiences they've had. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's a hugely important subject. And I think, you know, this is why it's so important to you know, support stations like this, because you've been doing this for so long, longer than just about anybody. There isn't a guest out there, you know, researcher who you guys haven't had on your show. There isn't a subject, a paranormal subject, whether it's UFOs or ghosts or Bigfoot or cryptozoology that you guys haven't tackled. So, I mean, it's just so amazing what you guys are doing. And I'm not sure the world realizes how important it is. Uh, the number here for a donation, if you just agreed with what Preston said, and thank you, Preston, is 402-474-5086. Select one for the air studio. We'd love to hear from you. 402-474-5086. Select one. And Preston, uh, tell me about the book Inside UFOs. Oh, I'm so excited about it. It's do- still doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, As it should. Of- doing better than undersea UFO base, which I get because, you know, with inside UFOs, you're right in the heart of the phenomena. I mean, it's the cutting edge of what's going on. Um, Face-to-face contact being taken on board. Uh, Inside UFOs presents 10 cases of very extensive contact of different kinds, not just your standard abduction by greys, but, you know, praying mantis-type ETs, uh, humanoids, Nordics, the whole range, uh, all involving, you know, different people from across the world, uh, some Navy personnel, military personnel, housewives, teachers. Uh, it really doesn't matter who you are, you know, your educational level, uh, your sex, your education, your religion. Uh, UFOs are non-discriminatory. They contact all kinds of people. And, uh, yeah, this, this book is about that, getting to the very heart of the matter, and letting the witnesses speak for themselves about what they saw, not trying to sort of put any uh, thoughts into anyone's head or any beliefs, um, just pure, unobject- pure objective truth about what these people saw and what they experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't have any agenda about space brothers trying to save the world or evil aliens trying to take over. This is what the witnesses themselves are saying. So I think that's why this book is really resonating with people. And uh, I've been nodding my head during all of what you just said there because it's so important to hear what witnesses talk about. Uh, There have been people that have been accused of of bias as they collect this information. So they sort of filter and sort through these cases. And um, oftentimes when that, that researcher interprets that, um, they interpret it through their own filters, their own bias, letting the people talk and letting them say what they have to say about their experience is so important. You get a sense for their language, their background, 
uh, an intimate view into this extraordinary experience, this life-changing experience. So uh, there is no wonder why the book is doing well, because it should. I mean, these are the people that have had that almost holy experience. I've, I've been with people, Preston, as you have had, that have had these face-to-face -face experiences. And when I'm able to pinch myself and understand that I'm seated in this group of folks that have had contact with these sentient, intelligent beings, it's almost felt like I was in church. Indeed, it's a deeply, deeply moving, deeply holy experience. Yeah, I mean, that's actually one of the common threads I found throughout um, doing this research, throughout you know, people who are having really profound experiences, is almost as a rule, they are spiritually transformed. And this, you know, mm -hmm. is true for people who have negative experiences or traumatic experiences. People have wholly positive ones. And I've interviewed all types, you know, people have had a wide, wide variety of experiences. But by and large, they come away spiritually transformed. They have a much wider viewpoint of uh, Earth and the life beyond it. They feel much closer to people around them. Uh, they, their heart grows much bigger. They have a lot more capacity to love. And uh, they seem to really become more open-minded and in their quest for truth. Uh, they become more psychic. I see that quite a bit. People come away from their experiences and they feel very empathetic or they become animal rights activists or they become, you know, mediums or channelers or hands-on healers. Or like a, one guy I interviewed, this is actually in the book, he was a Navy scientist, an electronics engineer. Um, as a result of his experience, he actually became a water dowser and was very successful at it, actually, mm -hmm. and helped a lot of people in his area. So it's just really interesting to me how this sort of expands your horizons, this experience really expands people's horizons and makes them see things that were there that they did not realize are all around them all the time. Mm -hmm. yeah, we live in a part of the country where that were to, to, uh, to uh, dig the well was through dowsing. Uh, Joe and Marta Smith uh, from Johnson, Nebraska, had been guests over the years of my program, uh, internationally known and respected dowsers. Uh, and uh, what they taught people was just simply remarkable. So, uh, Preston, what's the, what's the latest that's crossed your desk uh, since the last time I've talked to you? Anything that's either a witness sighting or a report that's come across? You know, there's always something. Um, mm -hmm. you know, actually, tomorrow I'm interviewing this lady uh, from Northern California who's apparently had some healing experiences. And it's interesting, she sent me some photos that she wanted me to look over. And every time she, she calls down these orbs, you know, the glowing mm -hmm. orbs that appear in photographs. And she's got a lot of photographs with these orbs in them. But her friend was taking pictures of her and orbs and every time they took a picture of her, it came out really strange. It shows her as a glowing 
figure. You can't see her face. You can't see any, her clothes or anything. She looks like this glowing light being. And I thought, well, must be the camera. So they switched. She took the picture of her friend, and her friend came out normal. I'm like, hmm, that's weird. Switched back again, took another picture of her. She's this glowing light being. <laughs> I, I've got the pictures, you know, I've, I've seen them, and they're, they're strange. And they're trying to figure out what's going on here. And this is what I'm going to be talking to her about. And I'm thinking what's going on is that she, and she's been in contact with ETs ever since she was a little girl. Been very positive experiences. They've taught her all kinds of spiritual information. And uh, I've seen this sort of thing before. People who have contact have a very high bioelectric energy, a sort of really strong aura. I think that's what's happening here is she's raised her vibration to such a point that's actually being captured on camera. So this is like great evidence to, you know, for the skeptic to look over. And I'm super excited to talk to her and uh, figure out what's going on because these photos are extraordinary. Not only are there orbs, but she looks like a light being, which is, you know, kind of what we are. I mean, we are light beings. Mm-hmm. We all have a soul, a dream body. And uh, I think she's become very well connected to hers as a result of her experiences. So, yeah, I'm super excited to interview her. And uh, that's going on tomorrow morning. And uh, just can't wait. Preston, I want to thank you so much for uh, taking time to be with us today. This has been uh, another great conversation. And uh, if you've written, is it 20, 21? Um, that's close enough, 22. 22, <laughs> I don't know, you deserve it. Uh, g- give the listeners two titles uh, that you think would be two good books to start with out of, out of your library. Uh, I'm going to say Inside UFOs, that's my latest. Mm-hmm. And uh, Not From Here, um, which is a series of books I'm writing about the more unusual aspects of UFO contact. I'm just finishing up Not From Here, Volume 3. Congratulations. I'm so excited about. Um, got it right here on the computer in front of me. Got 10 chapters. The first one is Caught in the Act. It's about cases of people who have observed abductions as they're occurring. Oh, oh. Normally, interesting. People, you know, these things occur in a vacuum. They're not observed. But that's actually not true. I've got a dozen cases, at least, where people have actually seen other people being taken on board or returned uh, from a UFO and uh, proving that this is not a psychological experience at all. It's entirely physical and uh, super excited about it. Okay, two great recommendations. Preston, again, thank you so much. Appreciate your good comments as always and have a great weekend. Can't look, uh, I look forward to talking to you again. Hey, you got it. Thanks, Scott. Preston Dennett, um, if you type his name into your favorite search engine, Preston Dennett, his website's going to pop right up. And uh, Inside UFOs and Nut From Here, his two recommendations for books that he's written. So if you've enjoyed that conversation with Preston Dennett, do call us with a donation, 402-474-5086, $60 a year, $75 a year. There are probably a few of of you out there that could write a check for a lot larger. 
do do what you can. Uh, it all goes towards supporting nonprofit, non-commercial, independent radio, KZUM radio. This is the Give to Lincoln KZUM radio fundraiser, and we're looking for your support. Before I go to the break, these are the top 10 reasons why people won't make a donation. Number 10, someone else will do it. Number nine, I don't have the time, it's inconvenient. Number eight, I can't afford the number to call. Number seven, I can't afford to make a pledge. Number six, our taxes pay for public radio, don't they? Number five, rich people should support the station. Number four, radio is free, isn't it? Number three, I pledged to the station a couple years ago. Number two, I already pledged to the other public radio station. Number one, I didn't know you needed the money. Well, we do need the money. We pay rent, utilities, we have operating costs to exist. Radio is not free. In the trade-off for having no commercials, we do these fundraisers three times a year, and it's so important to be one of those 1,000 to 1,100 people that are members of KZUM. Now, you've put off for a long time making that, that call this morning. Now is the time to do it. You've heard some great conversation with Preston Dennett. We'd love to have you come forward now and be counted as a supporter. We know you've been meaning to call. Now is the time to do it. We're at 402-474-5086. Select one for the Air Studio. That number again is 402-474-5086. Select one for the Air Studio. I'm Scott Colborn. We'd love to hear from you. We'll be right back with Craig Wooleater, Bigfoot and Unexplained Animals. Voice of the Blues in Lincoln, Nebraska, KZUM Lincoln and KZUM HD. Support for KZUM comes from family-owned and operated Butheris Mason and Love Funeral Home at 40th and A Streets in Lincoln, offering services that allow families to plan ahead according to personal wishes, chapel facilities to accommodate all faiths, and grief support materials for the family following a service. More information is available at 402-488-0934 and online at bmlfh.com. Most KZUM listeners aren't passive when it comes to the things they care about. So why pick a fun drive to skip supporting community radio? After all, you're listening to KZUM right now because you find some kind of value here. Maybe it's the voices of people who sound like you with passion you can hear. Maybe it's the music that keeps you up to date with new releases or old favorites you haven't heard forever. Maybe you value a radio station that can afford to offer airtime to so many other area nonprofits. 
Maybe you appreciate all of our neighbors and value KZUM's willingness to carry programming in multiple languages. Whatever keeps you tuning in, you probably value all of these things that KZUM offers our community. The station can only do that when listeners take an active role. Don't be passive about what's important to you. Donate now at kzum.org or 402-474-5086, extension 1. Colborn with Exploring Unexplained Phenomena. 
And uh, Lynn and I were just talking on the uh, off the microphone here about some of the things that people report uh, that may be indicators, if you will, uh, of something that is very, very subtle and yet deep and profound. Um, and it may be a landmark that somebody drives by and they have this intense reaction that may be a fight or flight, love or hate reaction to the, the landmark. Uh, it may be a seasonal thing that when the time of year rolls around and your light gets the certain, uh, excuse me, your, your eyes get the certain amount of light, uh, you may be are smelling scents in the air, the energy of the time of season is just so it reminds you of an earlier time. Maybe there is a, a picture that somebody reacts to. All sorts of interesting things that, that may indicate there's something deeper, more profound there. Uh, Dr. James Harder was an electrical engineer that got interested in close encounters many, many years ago. And uh, Dr. Harder said that if the ETs who are interacting with people, if they are really, really good, then most people would never even realize it. You might have something that pops up, uh, part of a memory. You might have some dream material that seems to indicate something uh, very unusual that's occurred. Uh, Betty and Barney Hill from the 1961 abduction. Barney remembered that um, the shoes that he was wearing that night, and he was pretty meticulous about his shoe wear, the top of his shoes were all scuffed up. And he couldn't place that. Well, when he realized later on what had happened, it all fit because he was being taken to this craft, basically drug, and he was being drug on the tops of his shoes. So that's why they were all scuffed up on the concrete and the rocks and things. All sorts of interesting things may pop up uh, that may point towards that. I think that there is a, a prohibition against knowing that may be part of the phenomena itself. It may be an internal mechanism that is protective of the psyche. It may be a consciousness thing uh, where somebody knows that they're not supposed to think or dwell on the subject of a close encounter with a UFO or other beings. Uh, just the opposite may happen. It may be that suddenly a person has to read everything they can. They have a voracious appetite for the subject matter. Um, and other things start popping up as well to let them know that, uh, that there's something there. I spent many times with a doctor of psychology who had a specialty of hypnosis. And for those individuals that wanted to try to find out more through hypnosis, I was part of that research team. And it was simply amazing. 
some of the sessions that we went through. Those are privileged and I won't talk about those. But people that were reliving during that hypnosis, the actual contact experience. I'm Scott Colborn, and uh, our guest, Craig Wooleater, we're trying to reach you, Craig. So I don't know if there is a problem with the cell phone, but we're going to try here again. Our number here is 402-474-5086. Select one for the Air Studio. That works for Craig Wooleater, in case you're listening, Craig. It also works for you guys and gals out there that would like to make a donation. $60 a year, $75 a year, uh, $89.30, that's the frequency level. $100, $120, $240, It all goes towards helping keep KZUM Radio on the air and helping us meet that goal of proving to the Corporation for Public Broadcasting that we are a going concern, that we're viable. To receive grant money, we have to prove that we've received your support. And we know you've been listening for a, a long time. You put off uh, joining. You put off maybe, uh, making a donation. This is a perfect time to do so. 402-474-5086. Now, you can also uh, go online if you want to do that, kzum.org, and you can make an online donation. That works for a number of folks, but I always hesitate towards putting a lot of emphasis on that because for the procrastinators out there, it means, oh, I don't have to call now. I can just do that online thing later <laughs> if I remember. Whereas right now, if you called, bingo, we would take your donation and uh, get you turned around on your morning and weekend in about 90 seconds. 402 474 5086, select one for the air studio or online at kzum.org. Uh, we've got lots of listeners that are listening in real time uh, from all over the world. I don't know if I've got the, the map up here or not. Apparently I don't. But it's been kind of fun. We could see people listening all over the world. And uh, so we know that you're out there. We'd love to hear from you at 402-474-5086. Select one for the air studio. And uh, there'll be a lot of you listening on the archive or on iTunes. So if you hear this on a delayed basis, you can still offer your support online at kzum.org. And you can mention the EUP radio program. Your support is vital to the ongoing concern of KZUM radio. And without your support, um, we can't go forward. Uh, we know you want to do it. So put your money where your ears have been. Um, I like saying that because it sounds so fun. Uh, you've been listening for weeks, months, or years, and we'd love to hear from you. 402 Four seven four five zero eight six. Colleen, what's the report on Craig Wooleater? Well, I uh, called again, and this time it did go straight to voicemail. Because um, you know how normally it gives it, it gives some ring time 
or whatever. Yeah. It is kind of what, you know, ding, ding, and then straight to voicemail. So I don't know. Okay. Well, we've left messages for Craig Wolfe. Yes, we did. Left two messages. <laughs> and uh, we hope that, uh, that he'll call us 402 474 5086. Uh, Craig is the co founder and director of the original Texas Bigfoot Research Center. And uh, I met Craig in February at the second annual Nebraska Bigfoot Conference in Hastings, Nebraska. Coming up this fall, I'll be attending the Starworks USA UFO Symposium in Laughlin, Nevada. And I look forward to that. I uh, have been deeply immersed in the subject for a long time. And this is a, an event unlike any other in the country at least any other that I'm aware of. It's a way that you can hear about the aspect of consciousness. And I think a lot of people that get into UFOs and ETs, they go through kind of a metamorphosis or a cycle where they go through consideration and interest in a, a number of levels of this phenomenon. And at some point, Intellectually, you have to come into thinking about consciousness. Uh, and that's where a lot of us have been focused here. So, Colleen or Jim, if you could get that, or Lynn, any one of you, we're at 402-474-5086. Select one for the Air Studio. We'd love to hear from you. And we'd love to have you make a donation here. Thousands of folks are listening right now. We'd love to have you step forward because you know nobody else is going to do it for you. Nope, we don't get state grant money. 60% or better of the uh, uh, budget comes from you folks as listener members. 402-474-5086. Select one for the air studio. So back in 1974... My mother and father invited my girlfriend and I over one night for a Sunday night dinner. It was August of 1974. And my dad and I at that point were not estranged, but we were pretty, pretty distant from each other. We'd really grown apart in many, many ways. And uh, it's uh, experience that I've reflected on that for me has got a multiple level of of influence and impact on my life. We had just finished the Sunday dinner and Dad and I were reclining on lawn chairs on the patio. Still twilight, plenty of light. My dad was on my right, and he was the first one to see this UFO. He pointed across my chest, pointed towards the western horizon, and he said, Scott, what do you make of that? I turned my head to the left, and I looked, and there was a round sphere, gunmetal gray in color, that was floating, going from the south to the north. No contrail, no other lights. It was obvious that it was not a garbage can lid somebody threw up in the air and it was held aloft by 
unseen winds. It was under physical control going against the wind. So I jumped, turned around, and banged on the kitchen window and motioned for mom and my girlfriend to come out. And all four of us stood on the patio and watched this thing. Dad was a battalion commander in the field artillery in World War II, and he guesstimated that the height was probably three to 500 feet off the ground. Pretty hard to judge distance um, with that background of, of sky. And as it went north, to keep it in line over the line of trees, I ran south down the driveway, ran across the street, and stood on the front porch of then Lancaster County Sheriff Dale Adams and stood on his front porch and watched this UFO disappear over the northern horizon. So I spent a couple of days, this is in 1974, trying to call uh, area resources, thinking that maybe I could find out more about what it was that we saw. I made up a checklist, if you will. And I called everybody, law enforcement, National Guard, uh, the National Weather Service, TV stations, the newspaper. Um, I eventually called the Air Force at SAC Air Force Base in Omaha, Nebraska. And uh, when my call was taken, they bumped me up two or three times. And I finally got uh, a major who came on the line and basically read me what I now know was taken directly from a response from Project Blue Book on 1969 that uh, Mr. Colborn, we thank you very much for your phone call. Uh, as you might be aware, uh, the UFO subject was investigated by Project Blue Book, and that was closed in 1969 with the... Uh, uh, with the proof that UFOs didn't pose a threat to national security. Um, thanks very much for your phone call and click. There was dead air. <coughs> so he hung up on me. I wasn't willing to kind of let that go that easily. So I went through as many experts as I could trying to figure out what it was that the four of us saw and came up with and unknown. And that started me then on, as you heard Preston Dennett earlier talk about this quest for more information. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm still on that. Now it was interesting that as years passed, uh, this experience tended to pull dad and I together. He was to die at a very early age in 1980, but those remaining years we were a lot closer. And uh, that was very meaningful for me that we both shared that. Mom remembers that this, this sphere, this disc-shaped object, was quite a bit lower than what I remembered. In fact, she and Dad were concerned that it was going to go north and actually hit the tree line, which, if you gave a tree a 40-foot height, that would have been a lot lower than what I remembered. 
Scott Colborn here with Exploring Unexplained Phenomena. We'd love to hear from you. We're at 402-474-5086. Select one for the air studio. And uh, we'd like to uh, thank Robert. Mr. Pribble, I presume, and I do so correctly. Robert Pribble, thank you so much for your generosity and your donation. Uh, Colleen, let's give him this $10 gift certificate to Indigo Books. How about that? Sure. Okay. Yeah, sure. So I'm going to put that right in his donation. And apparently, did he bring this in? Yeah, he, um, he had... Uh uh, he said that he had a check to bring in, and um, you know because because he he needs a wheelchair to move around. Mm-hmm. I, I went out and got his information, got the check, brought it in. Thank you so Very much. Good. And he did he did say that he had tried calling in, but for some reason couldn't get through. Interesting. Yeah, so I'm wondering if we've had viewers who've tried calling multiple times and not have it gone through or something. I don't know. Well, we could take one of our cell phones and try to call. Why don't we do that? We could do that. Yep. Lynn's got one here, too. 402-474-5086. Select one for the air studio. We would love to hear from you. And uh, our guest, Craig Woolheater, we've tried to reach Craig and left multiple messages. Uh, we hope things are okay with Craig and his family. 402-474-5086. And there is a call coming in right now, and that's Lynn that's calling, so we know the phone lines do work. 402-474-5086. Select one for the air studio. Our goal is 1500 and Robert, uh, thank you so much for your donation. We're looking for other folks that feel the same way as Robert, uh, listing for weeks, months, or years. Now is the time to donate. One of the best ways that you can avoid procrastination is to do it and don't put it off. In fact, Colleen and Jim, you want to hear a fun thing from Mark Twain about sure. procrastination? I just I'd love, love this. I love to. I just love this. Maybe you should tell me tomorrow. Mark Twain said, if you have to eat a frog, you eat it first thing in the morning. If you have to eat two frogs, you eat the biggest one first. (laughs) So he didn't say put it off. He didn't say do it tomorrow. He said get it done. And if you got to do multiple things and you take the one that's the biggest, maybe the one that you don't like as much, and do that first and get it out of the way. I had a couple weeks ago a free Friday night, and I thought, you know, I've, I've had a long week, a lot of stuff going on. It would be kind of fun to just not do my lawn work that I normally do on Friday night after work. But then I thought, you know, if, the other thing was that if I get my lawn work done, it's out of the way. <clears throat> and so I did the lawn work, and once I was done, I said, you know, I'm really glad that I did that. I've heard that same uh, comment from many of you that have chosen to call a donation in because there is an energy that you connect with that we're 
putting out every week through the guests and through the information that we share with you. And you're connecting with that loop and returning that with your donation. And it feels good. It feels good to be one of the people, one of the 1,000 or 1,100 people that are members that uh, are making this happen. So we'd love to hear from you at 402-474-5086. Let's have one of you right now make the phones ring. We'd love to see the phone banks right here. I can watch these lights, 402-474-5086. Make that donation, Make the phone ring for me, 402-474-5086. Select one for the Air Studio. Make yourself feel good. Close that energy loop. Jump in there and, and do your part. We know you want to, and your support certainly is vital. We'd love to hear from you. We're going to take the bottom of the hour here. And thanks again to Lynn for being down here and answering phones. He's prepared. Colleen and Jim, we'd love to hear from you at 402-474-5086. Do it now. The alarm goes off too early And I stumble out of bed The house feels way too empty And the silence weighs like lead Voice of the Blues in Lincoln, Nebraska, KZUM Lincoln and KZUM HD. Support for This Week in Lincoln comes from The Bay, The Bourbon Theater, Duffy's Tavern, and The Zoo Bar. This is live music happening this week in Lincoln. On Saturday, May 26th, Getting Busy with James Lindsay starts at 9 at The Bourbon Theater, and Andrew Bailey plays The Zoo Bar at 9 with Mise on Jicks. That's what's happening this week in Lincoln. KZUM's Summer Concert Series at Stransky Park continues on Thursday, May 31st at 7 p.m. with the country blues of John Walker and the New Hokum Boys and the full-power electric blues of Big Daddy Caleb and the Chargers. Plus, kids' activities with the Art Reach Project and Food by Pepe's. Lawn chairs and blankets are welcome. This year, we celebrate 15 years of free music in beautiful Stransky Park at 17th and Harrison with performances every Thursday through August 9th. Brought to you with support from Dietz Music, Rabble Mill, the Lincoln Arts Council, Ogston's Printing, and Brian Health. Find out more at kzum.org.
Exploring Unexplained Phenomena. And we'd love to hear from you at 402-474-5086. And it's important to have you push 1. That connects us then to the air studio. 402-474-5086. Select 1 for the air studio. Okay, with me by phone is Craig Wooleater. And Craig is from Texas. Craig, how are you this morning? Well, I guess I'm a little like Bigfoot. I'm kind of elusive this morning. I hope things are okay. <laughs> yeah, things are okay. I, uh, um, to tell the truth, I actually forgot about the forgot about the show this morning, and I was out and about, and um, had the ringer on my phone turned off. So I'm here now. Okay. Well, that response that you just gave me is what I get from a lot of my dates when I go to pick the date up, and she <laughs> she says, "Who are you?" Well, we just talked yesterday, and she says, and I don't remember that, and slams the door shut. But I'm glad to have you. Uh, here's here's a tip. Go ahead. Here's a tip. Never ask never ask your date if the rag you're carrying smells like chloroform. That's a great tip. Okay, Craig, you are in Texas, and uh, Preston Dennett earlier talked about an experience that that got him into his field of, of, of interest. Did you have your own personal experience that jump-started you, Craig? Well, yeah, I, <clears throat> I was interested in the subject of Bigfoot when I was, uh, when I was a young lad. Um, there was a case here uh, not far from me here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area of a creature called the Lake Worth Monster that was seen um, in the summer of 69 um, quite a bit here just northwest of uh, downtown Fort Worth at a local lake and um, I was nine years old that summer and was you know it caught my interest and and then a couple years later I saw the the movie The Legend of Boggy Creek that was uh, filmed about three hours from me just south of Texarkana and so that really got me started in my interest as a kid, but uh, it wasn't until um, 
Memorial Day weekend, as a matter of fact, um, in uh, the year of 1994, I was coming back from New Orleans to Dallas when I saw what I can only describe as a Bigfoot on the side of the road as we were driving back to Dallas late one night. I am all ears. You're driving back from <laughs> from Dallas? And no, back, driving back to Dallas from New Orleans. It was um, This was, you know, way before the days of uh, GPS or um, Google Maps or anything like that. So we uh, had just plotted our course on a um, road atlas and um, what looked to be the, the quickest route. And... Um, on the way back, it was a you know a two lane road out in the middle of nowhere, and on the way back, it was like um, nearing midnight, and so we're traveling like I said on this two lane um, highway out in the middle of nowhere, unlit, um, just swamps and woods around. When on the um, on the shoulder off to the right. Uh, about 30 feet out to the uh, tree line, about halfway out, we saw a large figure as we were driving. It was um, in my headlights. You know, we we probably only saw it for seven or eight seconds or so until we passed it, but we noticed that it was something that was about seven foot tall and covered with hair, and um, it was actually walking parallel to the road only 15 to 20 feet away from the side of the road. And it looked to be grayish in color in my headlights. And uh, like I said, it was actually walking. It wasn't just standing still. It was something that was walking on two legs. And um, as we passed it, my girlfriend, who was in the passenger seat, we both looked at each other and simultaneously said, did you just see what I just saw? Mm Mm-hmm. And we agreed that we did just see what we, the other saw. And I said, what do you think you saw? And she goes, I think I saw a Bigfoot. And I was like, well, we've got to stop. And she's like, hell no. <laughs> we were driving a little SUV that the top was rolled up because the weather was nice. It was May 30th. So we're coming up very close to the uh, 24th anniversary of this event. Um and um, we just drove through this small little town uh, by the name of Bunky. Uh, it was 11.30 at night on Monday night, Memorial Day. So there was, it was, uh, nothing was going on in town. Everything was closed. There was no people out and about. So we drove through town until <clears throat> we came to a, a little white country church and pulled in the parking lot that was had a light pole in it. We sat there and talked for about 10 or 15 minutes about what we had seen, and then we got back on the road and drove the remaining about five mm-hmm. and a half hours or so to Dallas. Mm-hmm. But it did uh, <clears throat> it did change my life, but it was a couple of years before um, I really talked about it to anybody. I mm-hmm. got on the Internet and looked up Bigfoot and found a community of people out there on message boards and such and started talking about what I had seen and um, met other people who uh, had an interest and, and and then a couple years later started up my organization the Texas Bigfoot Research Center in June of 1999 and started taking reports from other people that said that they had 
seen these things and and you know started getting active and going out and mm-hmm. looking for evidence and following up on reports. Craig, with, with your uh, sighting that you had, um, as you were driving up to and you and and the woman noticed this uh, hairy figure. Did it seem like it was at all aware of you? It it didn't appear to react to us. I mean, it didn't it didn't deviate from its path. It, it was looking looked like it was looking slightly uh, down mm-hmm. um, as it was walking. It was kind of hunched forward a, a bit, but it it did not react to us at all. It didn't you know look over and look up, uh, deviate from its path. It just continued walking. If you were to have been in that creature or being's shoes, would you have seen the car lights from a distance? Would you have heard the sound of the car approaching? Well, we did not detect any shoes on its feet, so I don't know that I could have been in its shoes. Well, you know but. what I mean. Come on. <laughs> oh. Okay. If if you would have been walking that same route instead of that Bigfoot, would you have been aware of the car lights approaching? Oh, you, you, it would have had to have been. I mean, it was pitch black out where we were. There was no no street lights, no, no lighting at all. So, you know, my headlights, uh, you know, definitely lit it up as well as the, you know, the road that we were traveling on. So, it, no doubt to me that it would have it would have had to have noticed the lighting, and it, it would have heard your car approaching. <laughs> oh yeah, I would think so. Interesting. It's almost <clears throat> as if uh, that creature was in a different time space quadrant or realm. Or it was in some way habituated and knew that the car lights and the sound of the car wasn't anything to be concerned about. Or or it had a lot on its mind. True. Uh, did this also change the uh, life of the woman that was with you? How did it affect her? Well, yeah, I, she, well, we, we ended up getting married the next year. So, and we're married for 20 years. Um, Congratulations. But, um, so she got involved, she got involved, um, you know, with the organization on a, on a peripheral um, capacity and, um, and uh, you know, had an interest as well. But um, like I said, it definitely, it definitely changed my life and, you know, started a, a Bigfoot research organization mm-hmm. and started hosting an annual conference here in Texas in, in 2001. It, uh, my first conference that I held was actually on September 15, 2001, four days after 9-11. So, wow. you know, even that fact didn't deter me from continuing uh, what I was doing and, and hosting the conference. I've already got this year's event scheduled for the weekend of 19th and 20th of October. In Jefferson, Texas, with uh, with Bob Gimlin coming and Dr. Jeff Meldrum as the, the uh, speakers involved, as well as some some local Texas uh, researchers. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I met you uh, at the Hastings, Nebraska, second annual Nebraska Bigfoot Conference. Uh, and we heard uh, yes. Bob Gimlin there. You gave Craig uh, a presentation. Uh, Cliff Barrickman was there. Uh, and I want to piggyback something that you said earlier that uh, there is a community of people. I was, uh, quite frankly, very, very impressed. Uh, I've been in the UFO field for a long time, and uh, I was impressed by the degree of friendship, camaraderie, the warmth of the people that were both speaking as well as the folks attending. If you had to put uh, your your money down on the table to make a bet, is Bigfoot a physical creature or is it psychical in nature? I, I believe it's a, it's a physical flesh and blood creature that is a, a primate of sorts that has just been um, unrecognized, uncatalogued un- by science, at least so far. Um, but, you know, that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. How do you stand on the kill or no kill position? Oh, I'm an adamant no kill. I mean, uh, you know, anybody who, um, you know, was out there wanting to um, put a bullet in one of these things, uh, you know, just go to the zoo and go to the primate <clears throat> house and look into the eyes of a of a gorilla or an orangutan and <clears throat> and chimp or chimpanzee and you know if you could uh, you know put a bullet between those eyes of one of those um, um, I don't know what kind of person you'd be personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, Craig, how can people reach you? Uh, what's a great way to find out more about your conference coming up in October? <laughs> Um, information's on, on Facebook. You can look up the 2018 Texas Bigfoot Conference or the Texas Bigfoot Research Center on Facebook. Um, I also have a website, Cryptomundo, cryptomundo.com, that, that covers all facets of cryptozoology, the study, study of <clears throat> hidden or unknown animals mm-hmm. from Bigfoot, Yeti, Abominable Snowman, Loch Ness Monster, you know, Mothman, all all manners of weird and mysterious creatures. Mm-hmm. Well, my friend, I'm glad to have talked with you again here. Um, thank you so much. I appreciate your involvement in the field, and I've got a lot to learn from guys like you. Well, thanks, Scott. It was a pleasure to meet you in Nebraska. Hope hope to see you uh, come down to Texas maybe one of these days, maybe even in October. That would Get be... a caravan of all those Nebraska folks, and y'all can come down and hang out for the weekend. Um, I apologize for being late on the show, but uh, I took a cue from Bigfoot, like I said, and, and was a little bit elusive. Thank you, Craig. All the best to you and your family. Thank you, sir, and same to you. Craig Woolheater, and you'll find information on Craig. His last name is W-O-O-L-H-E-A-T-E-R, Craig Woolheater both on Facebook as well as his uh, really excellent site, CryptoMundo.com. We're winding down the minutes here for Exploring Unexplained Phenomena. My thanks to Lynn for taking his morning here. 
to be down here answering phones. Thank you so much, Lynn. And Colleen and Jim, it's always a pleasure to hang out with you. Always great fun. Thanks to uh, the folks that have called in pledges, and we'd love to hear from more of you at 402-474-5086. Put your money where your ears have been. Your donation goes a long way towards helping KZUM Radio pay its way forward. It's a wonderful new horizon that we're all experiencing, and you're a part of that as a listener member. 402-474-5086, and select one for the air studio. The support that you give us through your donation is vital for KZUM's future. Um, Nobody else is going to do it for you. There's no taxes that pay for public radio. Uh, Rich people and folks just like you and I should and can support the station. And what we're doing, of course, without commercials really isn't free. We need to have donations. Over 60% of the budget is from folks like yourself. The family that's outside uh, of Lincoln traveling, uh, they won't call a donation in. Nobody's going to do it for you. It's time for you folks to do it. We'd love to have you join the family. We'd love to have you experience that, that wonder and joy of completing that energy loop, of receiving for so many weeks and months and years the information from our guests and in return giving us a donation and helping us go forward. 402-474-5086, select one for the air studio. Thanks to our guest today, Charlene from the Capital Humane Society, to Preston Dennett and Craig Woolheater. Thanks to Colleen and Jim and you guys and gals. I'm Scott Colborn. Until next week, walk in beauty.